Thank you for joining us. We pray that as you listen today, that you are encouraged and inspired. And we would love for you to connect with us on social media. Now here's today's message. Jesus said, if you lift me up, I'll draw all men unto me. That's the purpose of preaching is to lift up Jesus Christ until everything else is eclipsed and people run to him. They're drawn to him. For in him is everything we need in Jesus' name. I want to continue where I was talking last week about dominion and power. Genesis 1.26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creepy thing that creepeth upon the earth. Have dominion over all of the earth. Over all. All means all. Whether it's English, whether it's Spanish, whether it's Greek, whether it's, whether it's any language, Hebrew, no matter what it is, it means all. God wants us to have dominion. You may be seated. Talking about dominion and power, and I also want to answer the question, I talked about this last week, the question that is often asked me by not believers as much, by those that are explaining their self, those that are agnostic, atheist, unbelievers, they say continuously, the reason why I don't believe is if there were a God, why does he allow all of these bad things to happen? Or in some cases, God is actually doing the bad things. If you're in the insurance business, you know that calamities that cannot be explained are called acts of God. Hurricanes are acts of God. Even though the Bible said that the devil is the prince of the air. And so in order to understand this, we have to understand what happened in creation. God gave man power. And that power was to have dominion. You're not supposed to be just floating around, waiting for an accident to happen to you. You're supposed to have a well-defined life with a destination, with the authority to rebuke those things that are negative. And God said, if you'll be faithful to me, I will re rebuke the devourer. But we understand that God gave man, Adam and Eve, the dominion, the power in the Garden of Eden. We don't know what the process of time was, how long it was. But Eve and Adam, and not Eve more so, but Eve and Adam, gave that dominion and that authority to the adversary. And things that we are blaming on God, God has nothing to do with. God is not the author of hurricanes, storms, tornadoes. God is not the author of cancer. God is not operating a directive that brings disease to people's lives. That's not God. He is a good God. He's a great God. He's a wonderful God. He's a loving God. I was raised in church and by the time I was 10 years of age, I believed that God was the source of all of my trouble. The only place I got that, I didn't get that in public school, I got that in church. They talked so much about sin, about judgment, about God being displeased. By the time I was 10 years of age, I believed that God 
was the source of my problems. And you would be surprised how many people in this world still believe that. You'd be surprised how many Christians believe that. That for some reason they have missed the mark. They've failed. They've sinned. And so God is out to get them. God is not waiting to drop an anvil on your head. God so loved the world. We are not trying to persuade God out of his judgment. We are seeking to lay hands on the mercy of God. For he is a wonderful, wonderful God. And so man, Adam and Eve, surrendered their dominion in the Garden of Eden. And mankind has suffered every since. But God said we can get dominion back. He said in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, If my people, which are called by my name. That's the only hope for America. The hope is not in the and not in the presidential candidates that stood on the stage the past week. It's not on the man that is in the White House or the man that will be in the White House. The only hope for America is for the church to be the church. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Jesus taught us to pray this way. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The will of God is not being done on earth as God wants it to be. Because there is a real enemy and mankind has forfeited his power and his authority and his dominion. You know, so many times we talk about, I mentioned last week because I thought it was interesting. I heard uh, Popovich, Cope Popovich and David talking on the, uh, when they were at the Hall of Fame the other day. And one of the things that, that Popovich said was that David Robinson told him, you cannot take the Lord's name in vain in my presence, Pop. <clears throat> so Pop said, I had to be very careful around him. Taking the name of the Lord is a very fearful thing. When we say that, we're thinking about GD, damning God. And that's a terrible thing. But there's another taking in vain that is worse than that. And that is blaming God for things that he didn't do. There's nothing more that we find distasteful than somebody blaming us for something we didn't do. On your job, something happens and you had nothing to do, but you're blamed. That's a terrible thing. So many people, something happens at church, they want to blame me just because I'm the pastor. It's my fault. Not my fault. It's Tammy's fault. People want to blame me. I want to take the credit for the good. But the truth is I do take some blame because most of the decisions trickle down from me. But you don't like to be blamed for things that are not your fault. Job went through a storm of trials. I've never seen people that suffered as much as Job did. He went through every kind of trail, trial you could think of, losing his children. His wife turned against him, losing his wealth. His health was in terrible condition. He was in great pain. His friends turned against him. Everybody accused him. Everybody blamed him. You're going through this because of something you've done. People still do that. Well, maybe it's something you've done. No, it's nothing you've done. You've got an enemy called the devil. And he's out to destroy you. 
John 10 and 10, Jesus put it in two strict categories. He said, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. The other category is Jesus. He said, I've come that you might have life and it more abundantly. But in all that Job went through, this is what God said about him. In all of this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. The worst thing that you can do is charge God foolishly. When something happens, say, why did God do this? Or even why did God allow this? And so Jesus Christ came for that purpose. And that was to give dominion back to mankind. Adam and Eve gave it away. He's called, Jesus Christ is called the last Adam or the second Adam. The first Adam gave it away. The second Adam bought it back. When Jesus Christ went to the cross, that's what he was doing. He was buying back dominion for us. Somebody said, why didn't he just give it back to us? Because he is a God that cannot lie. And when Adam and Eve sinned, they broke covenant with God and gave their covenant to Satan. And so God cannot lie. He said, I give it to you. So he couldn't just take it back. He had to buy it back. And he bought it back with his own life on the cross. That's the reason why we believe so strongly in the cross, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. It is the renewing of the covenant. God is saying you can have this covenant again where you've got authority and you've got power. Everything Jesus did on this earth, he did not as God. He did as a perfect anointed man that had authority and dominion. And that's the reason why he said, Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do. As we see the day of the Lord approaching, as we see the church age closing, the church of the living God ought to be getting stronger and more powerful, more authoritative, and usurping their dominion more and more. We should be walking in the anointing of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Acts 1 and 8, after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall have power. You shall have authority. You shall have dominion. If you are a truly born again, saved Christian, you have authority that the unsaved man or woman does not have. And so when Jesus Christ had died and the church was waiting for its birthday and its beginning, they were in the upper room for several days and there they waited. And the Bible said, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound as a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared cloven tongues like as fire, and it set upon each of them, and they spoke with tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. What was that? That was the fulfillment of what Jesus promised. He said, Believe on me as the Scripture hath said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. He said, there is coming to you a comforter. I will not leave you comfortless. That was the fulfillment of all of that. And it happened on the day of Pentecost, which was the birthday of the church. There were 120 initially that received that experience of the new birth. They were transformed, changed people. And when they left that upper room and went to the streets of Jerusalem and people saw them, Speaking in that heavenly language. They saw their countenance change. They saw their transformation. 
Friend, if you truly come to Christ, there will be a transformation in your life. And they were transformed to the point that the very people that had crucified Christ, the very people that had put Jesus Christ on the cross, said to this 120, men and brethren, what shall we do? That was the question. The answer was the same today as it is then, as it was then. It is repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What is that? Repentance is your breaking of your covenant with Satan. When you repent, you are breaking the covenant that Adam and Eve made with the devil in the Garden of Eden. It means you are no longer associated with him. You're no more linked with him. And that's the reason why the Bible said you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. And to be baptized in Jesus' name is to sign a new covenant, which says, now I am in covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. We are heirs of the Father. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Kenneth Hagin was preaching in Tennessee to a great camp meeting on the power of the name of Jesus. Using scripture after scripture, a man rose up in the audience and said, Pastor Hagen, stop, stop, stop. He said, sir, what's the problem? He said, I'm an attorney. And the scriptures that you just quoted to me, he said, means that I have all of authority of God. I have all authority of heaven. That's what you just read to me. And Kenneth Hagin said, you got it, buddy. That's exactly what it means. And so when you're baptized into Christ and take on that name, you have authority. You have a signed, sealed contract. But it's one thing to have a contract. And the second thing is the ability to execute. Every coach, when he says, when he loses, says this. We just didn't execute tonight. We had a plan, but we didn't execute. The power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, will give you authority, power, dominion. You will execute that which God has said you would have. What did God say you would have? He said you would have power over the enemy. He said the power that's in you will be greater than the power that is in this world. In other words, you have your renewed dominion. And ladies and gentlemen, if you get close to God and you get filled with God and you're baptized into Christ, you literally are a brand new species. You're a brand new individual. You're not like you used to be. You are transformed. And you understand that you have authority and you have power to take dominion over every negative thing in your life. Friend, it's wonderful to be saved, but it's not enough just to be saved and be bandied about by this world and every trial and every tribulation and every pain and every anxiety. Everything that happens to normal people is happening to you. Friend, God has given me power over that. I have a new covenant with the Lord. Not only is there a new name written down in glory, but I have a new name on me. And so I'm like the Apostle Paul. I come not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but I come to you in power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. When I come, it's not in the name of Steve Fender. It's not in a degree. It's not in the authority of my education. But it is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Friend, that dominion will be finalized 
When will that dominion be finalized? The Bible said eventually every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of glory. That has not happened yet. And so the devil is still running rampant in this world. We saw it this week as a racist killed three people just because they were black. That's all they were, just black. He just hated because they were black. You have to understand that is a demon spirit. That's not near mere hatred because somebody did something against you. It's a demon spirit. So we're still living in this world, but you and I have dominion over that. But we are the church of the living God. And the Bible teaches us that we are due to lots of things. We are to be saved. We are to be sanctified. We are to be separated. All of those things. But there's something else that we are supposed to do. I love this verse. It is a small verse, but a powerful verse. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. That's where we are now. Iniquity is rampant in this world. That's the reason why the news headlines are what they are. Iniquity is working, even though Christ's work is finished. But listen to the rest of this verse. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. What does that verse mean? That's talking about the Holy Spirit in his church. We, my friend, somebody said to me not long ago, said, man, things are bad. They can't get worse. I said, oh, yes, they can. They can get lots worse. In fact, this world, as negative and as bad as it is, is not having much effect on me. They can get worse. But the Bible said, he that letteth, the Holy Spirit is the restraint against the evilness in this world. And that's the reason why there is so much evil. Because the people that we send to Washington are not filled with Christ's Spirit. They're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Those that sit in the White House are not filled with the Holy Spirit. Those that run our legislatures and make our laws are not filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we are trying our very best to legislate evilness out of this world. It cannot be done. The only thing that can restrain evil is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit today is in His church. It's in you. And we are restraining. That's the reason the Bible calls us the salt and the light. We are having an effect. And I hear a lot of accusations against His church. And I'm sure that we could do a whole lot better than we're doing. But I will tell you this. We are having a restraining effect on the evil spirit of the adversary. And that's our role and that's our job. To be prayerful. To be scriptural. Filled with God's Word. The Bible said about Christ. And the, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Our role is exactly opposite. We're flesh, but we're to become Word. In other words, we're supposed to get so full of the Word of God, we do what the Bible says rather than what we feel like doing. We overcome our flesh. And we are to restrain this evil spirit that is in this world. That is our job. And that's the reason why we gather together. 
is to release the Spirit of the living God into the atmosphere. The Bible said the wind bloweth where it listeth. When you release your Spirit, it gets into the wind. It gets into the atmosphere. And you carry it with you everywhere you go. Friend, we are supposed to take dominion over this world. It's the church's responsibility. The Bible said about the early disciples, they turned the world upside down. Do you understand this world isn't a mess? That it needs to be reversed? We are the only reversing effect there is. If it's up to us, if we don't do it, it will not be done. We've got to become the church of the living God. Our light's got to be brighter. Our season has got to be saltier. Our witness has got to be stronger. Our love has got to be multifaceted. We have got to be the church of the living God. It's up to us, every one of us, to be filled with the Spirit. Be not drunk with wine where is an excess, but be filled with the Spirit. It's up to each of us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to return hatefulness with kindness, hatred with love, show the power of God everywhere we go, and yes, even have supernatural powers. Jesus said greater works. These signs shall follow them that believe. We're supposed to be a wonder-working people, a people that's alive with the power of the Holy Spirit, and we can be. God is waiting on us. We're not waiting on God. But we cannot falsely accuse God of bad things because bad things are not from a good God. Our God is good. Our God is strong. Our God is mighty. Our God is a God of life, not death. Our God is a God of joy and not sadness. Our God is a God of liberty, not slavery. Our God is a God of peace, not war. And He's in this building right now. And all I can appeal to you every Sunday is let the church be the church. Let the church be the church. Sing the Lord's song in a strange land. Be a bright light in a dark place. Change your life. You say, I cannot do that. It's just not in my genes. Oh, yes, it is. When you're born again, you're changed. You're transformed. Learn the power of prayer. Learn the power of reading the Scripture. Learn the power of praying in the Holy Spirit. And God will change your life. I told you last week, you might not be able to change the world, but you can change your world. And that's all God expects you to do. In those that you have influenced, your family, your friends, your co-workers, you can change the world. When you walk in, something ought to be different. They say it all the time now. When she walks in, the, world li the room lights up. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not just a cliche. That's what's supposed to happen when born-again believers arrive in a situation. We are supposed to have dominion in Jesus' name. I was preaching in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Knoxville, Tennessee. And we were having a great meeting there, a great conference. And they called me and said, we got a problem. I said, what's the problem? said, you've over-inspired the people. I said, what do you mean by that? I said, one of the people left the conference, went down to the Kmart, and got the microphone for the Blue Light Specials and began to preach. I said, what happened? I said, well, the police came. They've got him in a police car. They don't know what to do with him. They want you to come down there. By the time I got down there, 
The policemen were not interested in arresting him. They were interested in me praying with them. Ladies and gentlemen, I tell you that we can make a difference. When I was preaching a revival in Missouri, there was a young man, we were in a tent, and there was a young man came into the tent. He was the teenage thug of the entire community. They just hated this kid. He was so much trouble. But he came one night and got gloriously saved. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. And they said the next day it was different at school. They began to make fun of Billy because Billy had always been a hoodlum. I mean, just the worst. But that day somebody began to mock him and he just laughed about it. And somebody began to sing a chorus that they had heard. And Billy began to praise God in a study hall. And by the time the, church, the teacher got it under control, seven people had been baptized with the Holy Spirit in a study hall. Ladies and gentlemen, meet you at the flagpole. Let's change this society. Let's change our world. Let's bring so much love and so much kindness to the world that it literally turns it upside down. I remind you, you are somebody. You are made in the image of God. I remind you that you're in covenant with God Almighty. Your covenant has been broken with Satan. You're not like a normal person. You ought to claim divine health. You ought to claim divine authority. You ought to claim prosperity. You ought to claim joy. You ought to claim love. You ought to say, look what the Lord has done in my life. Will you stand on your feet and give God some praise today in this place? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God's in this room right now. And no matter what you're going through, Jesus Christ has paid the price. Not part of the price. He paid 100% of it. All you've got to do is receive what He did. Receive what Jesus Christ purchased on Calvary. When Jesus was dying on the cross, His last breath was, It is finished. It is paid for. Dominion returned, power delivered, new creature in Christ Jesus, praise God. I refuse to live like this world is living. I have found a new place. I'm suddenly in a heavenly place, the Bible said. Can you give God some praise in this room today in the name of the Lord Jesus?